Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley. Before we get into the Oilers discussion, and there is lots to talk about, we got to thank our sponsor, DraftKings. The games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs, and the best part, it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events and track your results throughout the evening to see if you will achieve a victory. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to the USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN. For a limited time only at DraftKings, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to the other Connor podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. And uh, lots to get to with the Edmonton Oilers, although it is the offseason uh, with what's gone on this past year with COVID and everything. The offseason's really shortened and everything seems to be happening. We had free agency, the draft. Now we've got contracts that are being reported for potentially Darnell Nurse. So we're going to bring in someone to talk about that who's kind of done it all when it comes to the hockey world. He played in the NHL, of course, spent time with the Edmonton Oilers playing in 186 games with the organization, 674 total in his career. Now he's on the media side, one half of the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260, Monday through Friday, from 2 until 6. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Jason underscore Strudwick. Struds himself joins me now. Struddy, how are you doing today? I'm good, but like, like, let's be honest, I'm like 52% of the Jason Greger Show. Like, let's... Let's not get let's get the percentages right. We're gonna start throwing those around. So you're 52, Gregor's like 49, and I'm gonna come in at a measly. Wait, that doesn't even make sense. Gregor's got to be like 47 if I want to be involved at all. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I hear you. And I you know what? I can't believe I played. What did you say? 182 games with the Oilers. 186 with the Oilers. Jeez, that's pretty good. Considering I only played like 10 games my last year, that's pretty good. <laughs> I must have had two pretty good first two good years. 
You played 243 with the Canucks, 125 with the Rangers, 18 with the Islanders, and 102 with the Blackhawks. What seemed the longest? Oh, those, those times with the Blackhawks. There was, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but when I was at the Blackhawks, the one I think my first year, I, I barely played. And when I did, I was just, I was, I was out there fighting. And I get it, like, that's my job. But there was a stretch where Ryan Vandenbush and I went 10 games without playing. 10 games. <laughs> It's crazy. We what we did is we'd sit inside the um, we just we'd watch the game in the dressing room. Then during the intermission, we'd go into the steam room and we'd sit in the steam room for 17 minutes, just sweat it out, then come back out with these little towels on and sit in the dress dressing room for the second period, and go back into the second intermission, then go back in again, uh, you know, then then go back in again and then get showered for the third. Like <laughs> 10 games, I think it was even more than 10. It was crazy, like. Getting scratched is, is painful, but you start getting scratched 10, 11 games in a row, it, it feels like you're never going to play again. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna that that make like make something come to my mind. But I'm gonna just ask you this quickly. I was at the gym last night, just uh, doing my thing on the treadmill, and in the condo we recently opened it up. So now the sauna's open, the steam room. And as I was on it, a guy came in and asked me if I minded, and I said, like you know, I don't care. Do your thing. He went in there for about five minutes, came out, said, that's really hot, and walked away. What kind of burn are you getting from the sauna in five minutes? Well, we were in there a lot. We'd be there for 17 minutes. But I, I like when I go to a steam room or a sauna, whatever it is, I feel like I'm sweating out all my impurities, right? And I, I don't know if there's any scientific facts that back me up, but I always felt like, so we, this is, when you don't play in the NHL, you don't play your healthy scratch. Generally speaking, you stay on for the morning skating, get absolutely bagged by a grumpy assistant coach. <laughs> you, know, you, might, you might get skated for an extra 30, 40, 50 minutes. And then you come inside. Then the, the grumpy uh, um, trainer, uh, athletic trainer, he gets really a hold of you. you got to ride the bike for another hour or work out or lift weights or whatever, push a damn body around. And then you go home and nap because you're just bagged because you just got absolutely abused. You work out way harder when you're not playing than when you do playing. And then he'd come back at night, and sometimes they'd want you to work out again. I'm like, working out's not my problem. I'll take my shirt off and show you. Like, you look unbelievable. Why don't you work on my stick handling a little bit? Or maybe some other things. So, um, you know, it was it was tricky. So then we'd go in the steam room, and he was trying to sweat out all the, you know, whatever, the negative vibes or whatever, the, 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 you know, the impurities in your body. And uh, then I'd wake up the next morning, and feel pretty good. So... That's kind of how we did it. Um, you know, it's, obviously it's better playing than not playing, but I can tell you right now, anyone who's been a, a healthy scratch in NHL worked out way harder than anyone who played the game that night. <laughs> okay, now that leads me to my next question, and we have real, really no direction with this conversation, so we can go all over the place, and it might be totally random, but you sat out a lot when you played with Chicago. You were still a young player. This past season for the Edmonton Oilers, Evan Bouchard only played in 14 games. For comparison, if you played in every game this past season, you would have played in 60. Now, Bouchard is obviously a top 10 pick and expected to do great things and jump into the lineup this season probably third pairing, maybe get some special teams time with a chance to grow. Do you think this last year when he didn't play at all, or sorry, only played in 14 games, was that detrimental to him, or do you think that there was positives that he could have taken from it? It's different, because when I when I was with the Blackhawks getting healthy scratched, I'd already played a number of seasons in the NHL. I was up to NHL speed. Now, not everyone listening probably thought I was fast enough to play in NHL, but you know, I, I was accustomed to the speed that was required to play and its decision-making. 
um, for Evan Bouchard, he wasn't around that, right? So he, he was playing, he was practicing that. Um, the expectations from the assistant coaches would have been such that they're like, hey, you've got to pick up your, your pace of play and practice. You've got to pick, pick up your pace, the way you do things, the way you execute, all that kind of stuff. And it, it takes time because the NHL is so fast. Like it, and it's not necessarily the speed of the players. It's the speed with which they move the puck and they make decisions. Like, you know, for example, um, when, when I was accepting a, a, a rush, I could tell it was in a millisecond. Was it a one-on-one, two-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-one, three-on-two? Like it was just, it was, it was almost instinctual. And so for Evan Bouchard, those things would have been picked up through practice. So it would have been better if he played, yes. But I think you have to give the orders a, a little bit of a break, all things considered, when you look at what was going on in the world. Um, you know, with the COVID the last, you know, the 18 months or whatever you want to call it, two hockey seasons. So um, I think that this guy's going to come in. He's going to know what it's like to play at that pace and make decisions that quick, you know, get his feet moving a little quicker, all those types of things, and he'll figure it out. And I'm, I'm so excited to see what he can do this year. And I'm not expecting him to win, you know, the rookie of the year, uh, although that'd be nice. But I am expecting him to come in and contribute to the Oilers because I firmly believe he was the best passing defenseman the Oilers had last season. Now, when you think about you know where he's going to play in the lineup, obviously Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry probably penciled into the top pairing. Duncan Keith looks like he'll play with Cody Ceci, and then that third pairing right now, I think Evan Bouchard will will put in there, and then it might be Chris Russell or Willie Legison. Maybe they look to bring back Slater Cuckoo or something like that. How high can Evan Bouchard jump up there? I mean, is there any chance he could surpass Cody Ceci, you think, with that second pairing? Or with having Duncan Keith, do you think you want to keep the veteran there with him? I get the sense that the Oilers would like him to be in the top four by the end of the season. So, you know, that's that's a pretty tall order, considering what does he have for NHL games, Connor? Does he have 40? Does he have 30? I, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't, I can't think of it. 21. I, tw- okay, so 21. So yeah. even I was a little, a little high. But I, I think that the expectations are he will at some point pass someone on the depth chart and move up. Um, and if that is indeed the case, it's a beautiful thing for the Oilers. Absolutely beautiful. Um, but, you know, for him to do that, he's going to have to continue to improve the pace of play. Not that I'm suggesting he's slow. It's not how fast his feet move. It's how quick he makes decisions. He's defending, you know, keeping players in front of him, keep him to the outside, you know, the stick on puck. All those things that, you know, people have heard analysts talk about for a thousand years the reason they say it is because it's factual, you have to continue to do that night in, night out, night in, night out so, you know, there's there's a lot of reason for optimism around around Bouchard but I keep going back to his passing his passing is elite and, you know, the level he can take it to, I'm not sure but some of the passes he made last year when he played in those, I think you said 14 games, were, were unbelievable and he's going to continue to do that, and he's going to continue to improve. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do. If he doesn't move up to the top four this year, is it a failure? No. It's, it's a long development process for a young defenseman. But I, I get a sense that the hope is that he can be in the top four playing you know, north of 18, 20 minutes a night for the Oilers next year. Strads, uh, Tom Gazzola said it on the Gregor Show yesterday that the Oilers and Darnell Nurse's camp were getting closer to a extension. Looked to be about eight years worth $9 million. Taking, well, it would, you know, come to be next season. So it'll be 27 years old when it kicks in. 
When you hear the term on that deal, I mean, are you concerned at all, especially with the AAV? Obviously, he'd make more than uh, Leon Dreisettle, a guy who's been a league MVP. I just, what are your thoughts when you hear that contract with those numbers? It always makes me a little skittish, right? Like, obviously, you're hearing that because he signed for an extra ready. They tag on another eight years. That's nine years. But I, I've got a lot of time for Darnell Nurse. Um, he can skate. He's big. He's in good shape. Um, he's physical. He's a leader. Like, all those things he, he is. And his game has steadily improved. And, it, you know, what, what more do you want from an NHL player? Just continue improvement um, as a player. He's done that. You know, so has uh, many other defensemen. But he's done that. He's been continually improved every year. So, you know, I, I, I want him on the owners. Um, I wonder if this is not a kind of a learning lesson for not just the owners, but for other organizations about the, the benefits or the drawbacks of short-term deals, bridge deals, I think they call them, um, with, with young players. But I really think that this guy um, is important in the owners' dressing room. Uh, he, you can see how many minutes he can play. You know, you think back to the playoffs. You know, what did he play, like 60 minutes one night in the playoffs against Winnipeg? So there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about what he can do. Um, and he is he's tight with the, the big guys on the team, and he's part of the core. He's part of the core of the winners. So, you know, getting him locked up, it's one less thing to worry about. But I do think about the cap implications moving forward. Look, at, Take a look at uh, the owner's cap situation going to next, next offseason. If Darnell signed to this, yes, Miko comes off. But they still have seven hundred fifty grand. They're paying Lucci for another year. I want to say it's around a million three or something for Pouliot. Uh, now Neil's on the on the books for one point nine. So it's going to take him time to to and and, and they have to be very um, specific about how they go about adjusting their team. When it sounds like the cap's not going to be inflating much, they're going to have to be very very uh, on point to get that dialed in. Yeah, the Oilers, probably a few other teams out there hoping that the cap just jumps up a little bit, give them a little more relief going forward. Uh, Struts, I'll ask you a few more questions about the players in the roster that they brought in through free agency, but I just want to get your thoughts. As a former player, obviously the offseason kind of gets changed a little bit this season. What What's the kind of the timeline for an NHL player going from the time their season ends to reporting back to camp? Well, I mean, it's evolved over the years, right? And I think that the biggest thing, um, let's look back 25 years. You know, players didn't really work out till maybe mid-summer, end of summer. And then when my generation kind of came in, let's say, you know, short time after that, um, you know, you'd take a week off and you'd be right back in the gym. You know, maybe healing, um, fixing issues, and then start building up the strength and the speed, whatever you needed to do. But now another layer on top of that is the amount of skating these guys do. You, know, you look on Instagram, guys are skating all over the place. You know, they, they show themselves dingle-dangling all over the place. So it's continually, continuously evolving. So now you got, you know, a short break, you're right back on the ice, you're right back in the gym or receiving treatment or yoga, or whatever, whatever you, Pilates, whatever you want to call it, they get back themselves and get themselves going. So it's, it's a really short off-season, but I think the players understand now how much growth you can have in the off-season that'll enable you to be better in the regular season. Uh, the Oilers, with the moves, this uh, free agent class and you know some big names brought in. One guy I want to ask you about, though, is Derek Ryan, and it's pretty well documented the path he's taken to the NHL. Obviously, the University of Alberta, he goes to Europe, he earns an AHL contract, works his way up with the Hurricanes, joins the Flames, and then signs a two-year deal with the Oilers, and I think we're all pretty content with what he'll do on the ice, but what does a guy like that bring to the room? I mean, just really a, a humble guy gives you that honest effort all the time and 
not like these other guys who you know are drafted top five and kind of just brought right into the NHL. This guy worked his tail off to get here. Well, first off, I wonder how much of the contract Bob Stoffer gets. Does he get 5%, 10%? Because uh, he's been a big advocate of it. And for good reason. I'm not making fun of Bob. He's, you know, obviously he was right. Um, but I think there's a tremendous amount of respect for players that come a, um, shall we say, unconventional route to the NHL. You know, Conrad David's route was like, you know, minor hockey NHL. Like, it was pretty straight for him. Um, it, it led to junior and world championships and all that, or world juniors and all that stuff. But for, for the big guy, uh, Derek Ryan, it's a different path. And I love stories like this. I love guys that find their way to the NHL, even though it's not easy. They don't give up. I think of Joel Ward. Um, you know, I, I think of Corey Cross. You know, all these other NHL players that find a way to be NHL players without having a, a really easy path or a, a direct path. So it's, it's pretty awesome to see it. It's cool to see this development. And for Derek Ryan, you know, coming in this year, um, you know, his it, it feels like his role is quite clear. But as a professional athlete and, and in a long time, well, I, I a veteran, he understands what he's got to do. He's got to be a good two-way player, um, maybe help some younger players if he does play as a Dylan Holloway or a Tyler Benson, someone like that, or, and then and motivate guys like Cassie and get, themselves, get him going and get the line going. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited they'll just found the right shot sentiment they can win some draws if they need it. Um, but, you know, he's got to keep just working at it, and, and um, he's, he's not the solution but he's going to contribute to the overall solution of the Oilers. How about Warren Fogle, obviously acquired in the trade for defenseman Ethan Bear. I think a lot of Oilers fans sat to see Bear go just because the potential that was there. But you get a guy who you know slots into your top nine, the potential to play higher up, just has some consistency issues from what I've heard. What do you think he can bring to this team? And, you know, how big of an addition is it, especially looking back to last year and, and the bottom six that they had? Four checking. You know, that's... It was clear in the, in the, in the uh, playoffs, so there's not enough forecheck. There's not enough people getting on that forecheck to try to grind it out and get pucks back and, and then make the other team you know, nervous when they're going back to get the puck to make misplays. Um, you know, they, we saw the others go down to two lines, or sorry, two, well, three lines. Um, so they need to have those guys, like Archibald gets on the forecheck, you know, you got Fogel now, you've got um, Zach Hyman, you already had Yamamoto, you already had um, Pugliarvi, you know, what does Dylan Holloway look like in, you know, three months into the season? Um, you know, what does Cassian look like? Like, they, they need guys, you need to be able to go get the puck. Forecheck and go get the puck back or stall their team's breakouts. And I think that they now have way more wingers, like I'm counting off the top of my head, uh, two, maybe three more wingers, they can do that, specifically on the left side, a huge upgrade on the left side. So, you know, what does that look like? Translate? I think it translates to more offensive zone time and, quite frankly, less time in your own end. A lot of people out in Toronto talked about how Zach Hyman can make the players around him better. He did it with Marner Matthews, and now he's a chance to come and do it with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. From what you've seen from Hyman's game, what gives him the ability to do that? He's just tenacious, you know, and, and um, you know, you've you got to track down pucks, get on pucks, and, and, and really get your when you get over the blue line, keep your feet moving as you attack the other team to, to get on pucks. And when you do that, you know, skilled players, they love that because they know they're going to get the puck back. You know, Matthews might not have been the first guy in the puck, and, and I'm not suggesting he's lazy, but Hyman's getting there now. Um, Austin can go support him, take the puck. Now you're on, now you have the puck in the offensive zone, right? And, you know, you, you, you can't always have it be McDavid going to get it. So now whether it's Cody Arby or whether it's um, um, Zach Hyman on that line or Fogel on that line or, 
you know, Dylan Holloway on that line, whoever it is, they're going to go get pucks because when, when the puck is on McDavid's sticks, when he's at his best. So you can't just count on him to get it back. Someone else has to get it back for you, and it seems clear that was a goal the Oilers get. You know, get a bit faster, get a little bit bigger, and more tenacious on the wings, and that's what Zach Hyman brings for sure. Uh, Stratty, I look at Jesse Pugliarvi, and uh, I'm just kind of throw away the numbers that he had in his first time with the Oilers organization. He goes back to Europe, plays a couple of years. This year he joins the team once again, 6'4", 200 pounds, works his way up the lineup, joins Connor McDavid, finishes off the season with 15 goals, 10 assists, 25 points in 55 games. When you look at him, still only 23 years old, just turned 23 a couple months ago, how much more can he grow? And, and I mean, when you look at him... Uh, I don't want to necessarily put the number on him, but do you think this guy can be a, a 20-goal scorer, 25? Like, what do you think the ceiling is for this kid? Yeah, so he needs to work on his finishing. You know, how many times did you see last year he's in the right place, puck, you know, misfire, um, miss shot, um, nice goalie save. Like, I, if I were him, I would be on the ice all summer long working on my finishing, you know, catching pucks in bad places. Uh, in tight spots, in tight spaces, under pressure. Because you know Connor's going to get you the puck, or Leon. You know, Connor Leon, I, you can call whichever one you want. But I think that's a huge opportunity for him to become more of a finisher. Now, I'm not talking about finishing 30, 40, 50 goals, um, but I do think 20 goals is well within his sights when I looked at my opportunity he had last year. Um, but again, his job is going to be, you know, taking up space, driving the net, middle drive off the rush, um, retrieving the puck, getting it back over to um, Connor. Uh, and then when Connor gets it to you, finish it, or, or, or Leon. And I think also, as a side note, I think we expect him to get some more, or not some more, some power play time this year with Neil and Chase on not returning. Um, so is it Hyman in front? Is it Pugliarvi in front? Um, you know, these, these guys are going to get opportunities that, that just wasn't there last year because of the Neil Chase on connection. Stratty, one of the guys I wanted to ask you about, like, because you you've talked about it, you played with Mark Messier, and I'm I'm not going to compare Duncan Keith to Mark Messier because that would simply be unfair. But Duncan Keith, in his time, has just been a winner on every level. I believe he went to a Memorial Cup. He's won on the international level, the Stanley Cups. He's just been such a good player. Now, later on in his career, maybe that's declined a little bit. But that leadership ability doesn't just go away. And from all that we've heard, you know, talking to reporters out in Chicago, this was something he was more than willing to do with young players trying to help them out. When you're in the room or, you know, beside him on the bench, a guy like you, like you had, Mark Messier, now the Oilers have with Duncan Keith, like, what does that add for a young player or maybe just a player who hasn't really got to that winning level yet? Well, what I see Duncan Keith bringing is a competitiveness, and he's done it at the most important times in the game for years. Uh, I look back to that Winnipeg Jets series when the Oilers are up 3-1 and they end up losing 4-3. You know, who, who on that bench has been through it before? And, you know, there, there was a commentary where they get better players. Okay, well, I think they've addressed that. Um, but, you know, bringing Fogel hasn't been in that situation. Zach Hyman hasn't been in that situation. But guess who has? Duncan Keith. So, you know, what can he say to, 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 to make guys feel better because at the end of the day, you know, you, it's 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 a team game. You want to have conversations during the you know during the stoppages or during uh, intermissions where you would kind of pump your guys up and get get them ready to go. Um, I do think that he'll be he'll be able to uh, play at a level that isn't what he was you know five ten years ago. But he's going to bring that competitive nature and that understanding of what those key moments are all about. Darnell Nurse is learning about it. McDavid, uh, Nuge, Drysaddle, they're all learning about it. But he's been through it, um, and you know he's, he's played with elite, elite players in, in, in whether it's at the Blackhawks or, or uh, you know Team Canada events. 
So he understands all those things and how those guys function. So, you know, I'm really excited to see what he can bring. Um, you know, I think that the, the, the commentary on his game dropping off dramatically is maybe uh, a little premature. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can bring because it's an element the owners didn't have. And it was a, a, a key component I'd identified of bringing in guys who have, you know, elite championship experience, which is something that uh, Duncan Keith does have. And not that he's going to sit down and tell everything that, 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 that uh, you know, Leon and Connor have to do, but it's someone that can bounce ideas off because it's not that long ago they were winning championships in Chicago and Duncan Keith would be a huge part of it. Now, right now, just you know, looking at the Oilers roster and what it might be, we kind of talked about how he might be playing with Cody Ceci, who the team brought over, played last season with the Penguins. Uh, I had Seth Rohrbaugh on the podcast last week, and he said if he's that second-pairing guy and you know, occasionally hops in on special teams on the PK, you know, he, he can be a good player. The question might be motivation now that he got that contract that he did. Just strictly speaking on the ice, how do you like the pairing of Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci? You know, Cody Cece is a guy that um, I, I, I am very interested to see how he can do. You know, let's keep in mind, he's not being paid like a top four defenseman. You know, uh, Adam Larson was in a top four. He was making $4 million. And now he's making, I think, just north of $4 million or something in Seattle. But I don't have it in front of me. But Cody Cece had $2.5 million. So he's not, you know, he's not being paid as a top four defenseman. That's why I kind of go back to my initial conversation about Bouchard is do they think this guy can slide up rather quickly? And then when he slides up, does he play with Keith or does he play with Nurse? Like, what, is, what does that look like? So I, I'm hopeful that those two guys can be a steadying force and just eat minutes, eat 20 minutes a night of, you know, not sexy hockey, but just I always think back to Pareko and Bowmeister. You know, get around the ice well, take up space, all those types of things. So that, that to me is the goal as you wait for Bouchard to mature and push through. When you look at the Oilers roster right now and some of the guys, you know, potentially coming up from Bakersfield, you got Benson, uh, maybe Bouchard as a guy who, who takes a big leap, uh, Cooper Marodi potentially, who knows, we'll see. Is there any guy that you think can make a jump, you know, being the first year as a full-time Oiler and, uh, maybe surprise a few of us? Um, surprise. I, I, you know, I've got something for Tyler Benson. I, I just, I look at the way he plays on the ball and the plays he can make. Um, he's a really smart cerebral player. And I think of Andrew Burnett, who played a long time in the NHL, and, you know, he wasn't a great skater, uh, but really smart, good on the wall, you know, good in front, understood where to be. And, you know, if, if he can get an opportunity to play, you know, for, for a number of nights in a row and, you know, get the puck on the stick and, and, and get it on four checks, and, and I, I, I'm really interested in what he can bring. I, I think that, you know, I did, I, I coached him a little bit when he was in grade nine. Um, at, a, at a school here in Edmonton. And, I, you know, like, again, I didn't have a big... I just tried not to make these players worse. But, you know, what does is, what is, what is his game look like when he's able to do it for a while? Um, and can he bring an element the orders, you know, kind of need? They need that ball play and, and smart plays out of kind of nothing. And I think he definitely has that. You know, right now, the NHL and, and, and player people are just in love with the fastest skating person with the puck on their stick. And I, I get that sexy, but I'll still take a guy that can bump and grind in the corners in front and make plays, not just bump and grind to hold the puck on the wall, but to actually make plays, Connor. That, to me, excites me. And I really hope that it works out for, for sure the orders, but specifically for, uh, for um, Tyler Benson. 
Well, what I'm hearing is that you probably guided Tyler Benson to the NHL. When you're watching a guy in grade nine, did you think like, okay, this guy could be a future uh, top 35 pick in the NHL draft, work his way up to the NHL, or you know, is it is it too tough to tell at that age? Uh, he was pretty special. I thought he was special, um, and I was right out of the NHL, right out of playing in Sweden. I came and worked with him, and he was fast. Like he was already really quick, uh, and had some moves and and and, and things like that. So I'm. I'm I you know I, I you know I'm a little bit probably with Tyler Benson the same way that uh, Bob Stoffers with Derek Ryan. We both have our guys, and we're hoping it works out for him. <laughs> Stratty, just a couple more for you. Thanks for doing this. I won't keep you too much longer. Uh, between the pipes, it's looking more and more like the Oilers will go back into the next season with the same goaltenders that they had last season, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, obviously Staylock there as well. But you know he wasn't able to surpant or supplant Miko Koskinen last year. Um, Obviously, I think a lot of people wanted a change in goaltender. I think you and I agree. We both thought that it would happen. Not the case so far. Does the does that worry you at all? With you know Mike Smith being counted on to kind of carry the load here. Now it's an eighty-two game season instead of fifty-six. Uh, hope you know last year even Mike Smith had that injury to start the year, so his season didn't get going. You know until a couple weeks after the everyone else's did. It was even more compact. Do you think? There's a lack of confidence maybe amongst the fan base and the media in those two guys to, to really get the Oilers where they might want to get to this year in terms of winning a couple playoff rounds? Well, when you look at the, the, the two finalists this year, Carey Price and uh, Vasilevsky, I mean, they're two first-rounders with their team. I mean, they have that, that really strong, elite, elite pedigree. Um, you know, the Oilers with Mike Smith and Nico, you know, they, it might not be the same pedigree, but they, the two together, they didn't have a bad year in that last year. Um, I was on record. I didn't think they'd bring both goalies back. Um, I definitely want to see Mike Smith back. Um, but with Nico, you know, there, there's not a lot of options, um, you know, unless you want to pay a sweet price to, to move that contract. Not the player, but the contract, is, you know, just to be clear. So, you know, you, you've upgraded it up front for sure. There, there's no doubt about it. You've opened up some room in the back end. Unfortunately, Larson leaving, so you're bringing in CeCe. And Bouchard's going to have a much bigger role. Uh, Bear's not back. Um, so, you know, you've kind of changed for sure to look at your forwards. You have Dylan Hall, we don't know what's gonna, what, what his, he's gonna produce this year. Um, you know, the question marks on D, you know, can those guys just hold the, hold the fort down and can there be some surprises back there from, from goals from Bouchard? So the goalies, I mean, if they can be, you know, similar to last year, um, I, I would expect a really close split here, Connor. You know, I, I going back to a couple of years ago where they, they almost alternated games, you know, every year. Keep in mind, and we haven't really talked about this at all, but, Nico Costin is in a contract year. And not to suggest he hasn't tried the other two seasons, but a contract year always seems to let guys find another gear. Um, so let's, let's just keep that little tidbit in the back of our heads as we move towards the regular season and then what you hope will be you know, a strong season from both teams. Yeah, 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 that's a very good point. Could be a motivating factor there. And, you know, we saw things that Mike Smith did this year. Uh, Kevin Woodley told us a lot about, I think it was tummy time per 60, you know, changing parts in his game. And he's a 39-year-old guy, an old dog. He changed his tricks and uh, or was taught a new trick, I guess. Miko Koskinen, a little bit younger. Maybe there's things he can clean up in his game, and maybe the Oilers have heard that from him in this offseason. My final question for you, uh, given what you've seen from Ken Holland this offseason and, you know, there, there's been some moves I think people like, but there's also been a lot of questions. Uh, no salary retained in the Keith deal and the price tag on CC and, and maybe the term on other guys. How confident are you in Ken Holland that he can build a team that goes on long cup runs? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, he's added some pieces long term. I mean, I'm looking at Nuge, I'm looking at Hyman, 
Um, you know, Fogo, I guess, three years. But the owners, they desperately need young players to come up and then push. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. They're going to need some guys. Like, Bouchard's got to, you know, beat expectations. I think you got to get Hallway in there. Um, you know, who's the, who's the next guy? Is it Tyler Benson? Is it uh, Raphael Lavoie? Is it Carlos Savoy? Um, is it their first pick from this year? Like, they have Broberg. You know, I even talked about Samorikov and Broberg this whole time. They desperately need guys to come in and fill spots on cheap contracts and produce. Like, not just be there and, and, and hold a spot, but produce. And I think that that is, you know, you, you, you've, you've addressed some needs and you do trades, but now, you know, where, where's the cap room going to be next year, Connor? You know, you have Nico Koskinen's deal comes off the board, but I don't see a lot of con, uh, you know, deals coming off. you got 750 for Lucic, still for two more years coming this and next year. Same with Pouliot, $1.9 million for Neil for the next four years. Um, you know, we're, I don't see where the cap space is coming, unless you get an increase in the cap. Uh, you're going to have to pay Darnell Nurse. It could be 2 $3 million more next year. Um, Pouliot was going to need a raise next year. Um, you know, Archibald, you know, I'm not sure he's a big raiser, but he's going to need a new deal. So you're just kind of paying for the guys you have with no improvement. So without internal growth, and Ken Holland mentioned this, internal growth is going to be so important, and I firmly, firmly believe that. Strutty, really appreciate this. I got a couple quick shooters for you here. I, I don't know that's the official term. I'm sure I butchered that. But uh, we're just going to go with some quick hitters here. Should the Oilers have dra- drafted goaltender Jesper Wallstedt? Um, I'm not a goalie expert. Um, God, ask me in five years. <laughs> but I, you know what I'll say? I'll say no, because I think what they brought in is exactly what they needed. Will Duncan Keith wear a letter next year? No, I don't think he would. Will Tyson Berry finish top two in NHL scoring amongst defensemen? Uh, no, I don't think he will. Who finishes third in scoring for the Oilers behind McDavid and Drysaddle? Um, oh, gee, that's a good one. I've got two players in mind. Um, oh, boy, that's a toughie. I, I can't decide between Nuge and Hyman, but uh, you know what? I'll go with Nuge. And my final question for you, over or under 45 starts for Mike Smith? Under. I honestly think they're going to split him down. And I, I think to start the year, you're going to see alternation. All I right. think they're working the past. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that one. Strutty, thanks so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll have to get you on maybe once the season gets going here. I will. Now, how many thrifties do you me now? Is it 10 thrifties or 20 thrifties? Oh, my gosh. If we go back to the Johnny Menzel slurpee bet with interest, it's probably probably approaching 30, I think. <laughs> I love it, buddy. I'll um, talk to you later. I'll buy you a machine. Thanks, Struts. <laughs> Bye-bye. Great stuff from Jason Strudwick, former member of the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, he spent time with the team from 2008 to 2011. Got into 186 games with the Oilers, of course, playing 674 in his NHL career. Now one half of the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260 from 2 to 6, Monday through Friday. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Jason underscore Strudwick. We appreciate him hopping on the podcast as always, sharing his thoughts on the team and also relating it to his career and some of the things that he went through while he played in the NHL. Absolutely awesome stuff. And that's going to do it for another episode of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. A reminder, make sure you sign up for DraftKings and do so responsibly. Use promo code THPN with the games going on in Tokyo right now. It's a whole lot of fun. Also, we 
got Major League Baseball, NFL is going to be coming up right around the corner, and then before you know it, hockey's back, and we're going to be uh, talking a lot about that once the NHL season gets going once again. But as I mentioned, that is going to do it for us here on the Other Connor Podcast. Big thanks to Struts for hopping on today. We'll be back on Tuesday with another edition of this show. We'll talk more about the Oilers offseason, try to predict what the lineup might look like next season. Of course, Thomas Tatar, no longer an option for the Oilers. Can they fill a void on the wing? We'll see what happens, and maybe, just maybe, the Darnell Nurse contract will be finalized as we tape this on Thursday evening. Still nothing new to report, but we'll see. Tom Gazzola will report it. Eight years, $9 million. That Duncan Keith deal and Zach Wierenski deal really bumped up the bar when it comes to the defensemen and the long-term contracts. We'll see what happens. My name is Connor Halley. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the podcast once again. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.